Welcome to the Live Inspired Now podcast. Inspiration, motivation, tips, and lots of laughs for your family and life. Hi, welcome back to the Live Inspired Now podcast. I'm Heather Paris, and I am joined by my amazing husband, Thad Paris. Thad, say hello. Whoop, whoop. Here I am. (laughs) There's that enthusiasm that I love so much. Thank you. Today, we are talking about labels. Labels. Some people say labels are for soup cans. What do you say, Thad? Sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, so today's video was all about labels and how they're disabling, especially to children. And I was speaking with somebody recently who said that she is often guilty of calling her kid names in moments of anger. And so I wanted to address that in today's video and today's podcast Um, Just about how disabling those labels can be um, when we call our kids names. The the example that I used in the video today was when Madison was little. Do you remember the do you remember the show Rugrats? Yes, yeah, I do. you do. We, for those of you who don't know us, we weren't married when Madison was little. We are a blended family. Thad and I have been together for about five years. He had three kids. I had three, and now we are the Brady Bunch. Um, but when my oldest daughter was little, after watching a Rugrats episode and she did something naughty, I said, "Oh my God, you're just like Angelica on the Rugrats." And I, like I saw, I literally saw something in her change like it was a visceral change when I said that do you know what I mean she like she I don't even know how to she explain owned it. up to it she did <laughs> she owned that title in fact I honestly I think she liked it I think she enjoyed having that label well, she could relate to Angelica if she was watching it on a regular basis yeah yeah she could relate to it and that character was you know bossy and in charge and she was Angelica was the head baby downright bratty downright bratty <laughs> Totally. And when I called Madison Angelica, she kind of personified that role. And it took me, it took me a really long time to undo that. It was definitely not one of my finest hours. Um, of course, that was 20 years ago, 20, 19 years ago, um, way before I knew everything that I know today. You know, so that happens. But that's that's exactly what happened. She lived up to that name. So I want to talk about that today, about how, you know, when we give our kids labels, they live up to them, good and bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, so they don't have to be bad labels. I mean, the soup label could be organic, free-range vegetable soup. <laughs> it doesn't have to be crappy condensed soup in a can. So that's re- really... Uh, it can be a good or a bad thing. So uh, our emphasis tonight will be to focus on good labels. Yeah, exactly. And one of the, um, you know, in the video, I told I told everyone to, you know, ha- get caught saying something really positive about your kids. Now, I've noticed that that works um, when we say, oh, you're really good at this. You don't need my help. You do that so well all the time. Or, you know, Ethan's really good at chores. He doesn't need to be told to do them. Then all of a sudden that becomes the truth. Like, you know, he's like, look at me, I'm doing my chores without being told kind of thing. That that just always seems to happen. So, you know, you want to use that in a good way, even if you don't say it to them, like get caught 
let them catch you saying it to somebody else. You know, I, I do that all the time on the phone. Like I'll talk to you or to Dawn on the phone and I'll say something like, oh, Carrie is so um, sweet and considerate. And she really is, but she probably is because that's what we say she is, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And the best way to get caught, quote unquote, is to make sure that that's your norm, that you're doing that on a regular basis and it becomes a habit essentially. And so those compliments and those positive labels, the more that you practice those, the more they become second nature and and it it just becomes the norm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like um the self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. What you say is what happens. It's like the secret, the self-fulfilling prophecy, the reticular activator. Whatever you want to call it. Law of attraction. The, exactly. The power of positive thinking, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. If you continue to practice that, it will become reality for sure. Absolutely. So one of the things I want to touch on too is what you do when the kid, when your child is um, doing something that requires addressing rather than calling them stupid or loser or, oh, you always fail math or, I mean, whatever. Rather than label the, la labeling them, um, you want to focus on talking about the behavior without talking about the child. Sure. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so oftentimes uh, you, you point out the fact that they're failing math rather than... Um, or you call them a failure. Right, you call them a failure rather than saying that they're failing math. And that, right. And it, addressing math as a whole rather than them as a person. Yeah, exactly. And even that, that's a really good example. You know how passionate I am about... Um, working with parents about not focusing on the kids' grades and their schoolwork and not letting schoolwork define the relationship that you have. So if your kid's failing everything, that shouldn't have any impact on your relationship with the child at all. I mean, you might want to focus on getting them a tutor or helping them out or figuring out what's going on, but that shouldn't affect your relationship with the kid whatsoever. So when it's, you know, you're failing math, say you're, you know, you have a failing grade in math, what does that mean? That means that you have only retained 55% of the information that they have given you, or you've only understood or comprehended 55% or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that you as a person or as a kid are a failure. It doesn't mean that I don't love you. It doesn't mean that you're not worthy. It just means that clearly you need some extra help in math or whatever. Yeah. And uh, true story, when I came to the realization that grades were, were not as important as the relationship with the child, my kids started getting much better grades. When I, when I started uh, taking the pressure off of the grade and putting the pressure on the relationship, then both the grades and the relationship improved as a result of that. Yeah, exactly. And that's I think that's one thing that we do very, very well. Um, of course, I didn't do that with Madison. And she struggled. You know, I speak very openly about it, and she doesn't care. She struggled in school, just as I did. I was a terrible, terrible student all through high school and Madison struggled too. And I was constantly focusing on, you know, how do, how do you get better grades? Why aren't you studying enough? Why aren't you working hard enough? And she just never pulled through, you know, she did graduate, um, but she struggled all through school. Whereas 
I took a more hands-off approach, which is what I believe in now with um, the rest of the kids, and they're all on honor roll. All of our kids are doing amazing in school, and it's because we've stepped back and let them have the responsibility for it. Right, absolutely. And you're really taking the attention off of the grade at that point. Uh, so when I was a kid, I didn't give a full effort in school, and my parents called me out on that, and it was continually, it was repeated to me that, oh, you're not putting in all the effort that we know that you're capable of. And that's true. There's no doubt about it. I wasn't putting in the effort, but as soon as they brought that to the forefront and made it all about not giving a full effort, that gave me permission to not give a full effort, and I continued that rather than then focusing on ways that we could improve that. It was all about the the fact that I was not giving a full effort. And so that gave me permission to not give a full effort, and I kept going with that. Yeah, so you became that lazy persona that they labeled you as. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I did the same thing. I mean, my parents, and I like I don't think my parents or your parents had bad intentions. I think they absolutely had great intentions. Not. Right. Um, but like my parents were, you're lazy, you're not doing anything. You don't do your homework. You don't care about anything. And that just became my truth. Yeah. You know, it just became, it just became who I was, especially as a student. And my parents, at least, I don't know about yours, but mine did. They constantly compared me and my sister. You know, they would say like, why don't you get good grades like your sister? Your sister always does so well in school. Oh, you're the bad student. Stacia's the good student. So Yeah, I don't know that my parents ever compared us. I have to give all the credit to my ninth grade English teacher, Mrs. Wright. She did a pretty good job of comparing me to my older siblings. Comparing you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. So we're kind of talking about school here, which is, when you think about it, is really a, a trivial in the overall uh, scheme of things, but it goes a lot deeper than that. You can think about just the impact that you have with grades. Think about how that would play into life if uh, there were people making accusations or assumptions about your your behavior outside of school and mm-hmm. uh, uh, or especially a lot of parents that um, that kind of participated in, extracurricular activities when they were a teen, if you know what I mean, those uh, illicit... You can say it. This is the podcast. We (laughs) are unedited on the podcast. Yeah, sure. So (laughs) the the drug use and uh, and alcohol abuse and even uh, sex in high school, whatever the case may be, you start making those assumptions based on something that you did. And whether you even vocalize the words or not, if you're having those thoughts, you really you're uh, projecting those ideas off on your kids. And so it it's definitely takes practice to learn to uh, avoid those and, and look at the positives of what your kids are doing. Not, right. not ignoring the, the obvious signs, but if there are no obvious signs, you're really making assumptions and that you're not doing anyone a service by making those assumptions. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's about addressing the behavior and not, you know, the the kid, you know, the behavior right. itself. Like you have to you definitely have to set boundaries. You definitely have to have some clear rules and guidelines um, for your kids. And that, 
you know, you can't tiptoe around that. Absolutely not. Right. But when it comes to passing labels, you know, that's what you don't want to do. You want to address behaviors. You don't want to label kids um, because they absolutely become that label. Um, another thing is, you know, talking about talking to the kids and having rules and boundaries, um, expl- explaining rather than expressing. And most people don't do this. In fact, I was talking to a client recently and he was saying that he's always yelling and always freaking out because he's angry and he's got a lot of feelings and he doesn't know how to explain them. So learning how to explain your feelings rather than expressing them, you know, by freaking out or screaming, just saying like, you know what, I'm the parent and I love you and I'm scared. Like, like, well, our 17-year-old Harry just got his driver's license, so this is something that I'm explaining often. <laughs> you know, like, I love you, and I'm scared. You're a brand-new driver, and I'm afraid that something's going to happen, which is why I always tell you to be careful and to text me as soon as you get where you're going because you've been driving independently for a week. So it's not that I don't trust you or that I think you're going to do something wrong. It's just because I'm a nervous Nelly. I want to make sure that you're safe. So yeah, text me when you get to your friend's house or whatever. And that explanation, I think, goes a long way. Kids understand that. When you, If I was just screaming and freaking out all the time, you never text me. You're irresponsible. You better tell me when you get there. That's just going to come across as like a jerk, frankly. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. So I think one of the best things that you can do to not label your kids and to... Um, get your point across is to definitely practice explaining versus expressing your feelings. And that comes from a place of love and compassion and caring. And, you know, sometimes you're freaking out and you're angry and stuff. Just take a nice deep breath. Walk away if you have to. I often have to. Thad saves me a lot. (laughs) I have to walk away because the kids make me nutty sometimes. That's the truth, you know. And Thad has far more patience than I do. So take a nice deep breath. And if you have a spouse or somebody that can step in for a few minutes, then allow that to happen. Right? Takes a village. (laughs) You're funny. It does take a village. If nothing else, at least a home, right? A community, a couple of people. Even if you're a single parent, you know, I was a single mom. You were a single dad. We were both single parents for a long time. Um, If you're a single person... I mean, unless your kid's an infant, like a, well, even an infant, you can put it in the crib and let it cry for a few minutes. You know, take a break. Go, if you have to go into the bathroom and lock the door for 10 minutes or into your bedroom or just step outside and get some fresh air, do it. It's better that you walk away and ignore them for five or 10 minutes so that you can get your head on straight rather than freaking out and yelling and screaming and then end up saying things like you're Angelica or you're a jerk or you're a loser or you're a failure or you're suck at math or you'll never be anything. Those words will damage so much more than 10 minutes of being ignored. Sure. Yeah, it's better to take some extra time and collect your thoughts and really come at it from a positive view than it is to uh, to lash out and and speak out of anger or frustration, definitely. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I always talk about, too, is that shame, blame, and insults do not change behavior. They don't. You can insult your kid or your spouse or your friend or your student or whomever all you want 
it's never going to change the behavior, but it is going to deteriorate your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the idea there is that uh, that you can kind of beat them into submission at some point or, or beat them into understanding with words. Yeah, obviously, not you're not hitting them, but right. you're beating them into submission with your words. And that uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. And how many times do we hear relationship couples talking about that in their relationship? You know, uh, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. When somebody comes to me and tells me everything that's wrong with their spouse. He's a jerk. He doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't take care of me. Or she's a bitch. She's never supportive. She's that. She's that. You suck. You both right. suck. You yeah. know, that's a sucky, crappy relationship right there. And that's the number one way to make it fail is to continuously talk badly about one another, especially to talk badly about each other to other people. Yeah. And that's just another example of labeling. It's just labeling between uh, two partners. But yeah, partners do it all the time. He's lazy. He doesn't work. She's a bitch. She's this and that, whatever it is. Like, she never does anything. Mm -hmm. She's out of control. She's always nagging me. Um, labels, those are all labels. And what, you know, if you really want to try something, instead of saying, calling them out or calling them names or insulting them, try focusing on what they do positive and imagine how that relationship is going to turn around. People think that's so simplistic. It is. It oh, is. absolutely. Yeah. And again, right? it's the power of positive thinking. If you're thinking positive thoughts about someone, it's very hard to be upset with them or angry. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say you won't get angry or irritated ever. We've gotten irritated with each other. Rarely. But <laughs> there was one time. There was that one time. <laughs> um, but we, in all the years that we've been married, five years now, we've never had one fight ever. Right. Why? Because we communicate. That's all it boils down to, don't you think? Oh, yeah. It's all about effective communication. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other things, too, but we never, ever call each other names. We always talk everything through, and we will verbalize our frustration. Like, I'm feeling really frustrated right now. Like, I've said that to you. I'm feeling really frustrated right now, and I don't want to be mad at you. I feel like I should be mad at you, but I don't want to be mad at you because I love you too much. So can we talk about this? <laughs> That's how we deal with it. This is why we've never had a fight, right? right? And if we do that with kids, too, like, you know what? I'm feeling really angry with you right now, or I'm feeling really disappointed right now. I need to take a break or whatever, or let's meet in 10 minutes and talk about it. And then just say, I feel disappointed. Right. Because, you know, you were supposed to do this or what? I mean, whatever it is, you know, rather than calling your kid a jerk who never does anything or whatever. Makes sense, right? Yeah. It's so it's so obvious. Why? Why can't everybody just <laughs> listen to me? <laughs> I often wonder the same. I know, right? Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Um, we're talking about kids tonight mostly, but I do want to tell everybody that December 3rd, 2015, December 3rd, we are having a teleconference. You and I, it's our first teleconference together. Are you yeah, excited? It's going to be a blast. Right? We are having a teleconference called Relationship Repair. We are going to be talking about how to have a superb, exceptional, amazing, passionate 
romantic relationship with your spouse or partner. And we want to invite you to that. So you can go to liveinspirednow.com and look in the shop like where you go shopping and look for that workshop or you can um, follow me on Facebook, Inspired Heather Paris, and it is listed there as well. Thad, do you want to give your information? I am Thad Paris on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And your website is? Our website is flameny.com. That's right. And mine is liveinspirednow.com, which you can find... My books, our workshop coming up December 3rd. It's December 3rd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Criticizing your spouse won't improve their behavior. It will, however, slowly tear down your relationship until it dies. From the comfort of your own home, learn exactly how to make your relationship work. You're going to learn how to... Find the passion again, improve your relationship. Even if your partner won't cooperate, you're going to understand one another on a whole new level and you're going to renew your faith in one another. Thad Paris, my love, does this stuff work? Absolutely, yeah. And I think uh, the two of us make a great pair for this type of conference because we have so much experience in all those different areas. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And I have had... Like at this point, hundreds and hundreds of relationships, seen hundreds, thousands at this point, really, um, with my colleagues as well, seeing relationships turning around, improving, you know, marriages saved. It's amazing what one hour of your time will do. So please check out Relationship Repair Teleconference. You can check it out at liveinspirednow.com or you can message me on Facebook. So I want to get back real quickly to our labels. Um, again, labeling is disabling. And when you're calling your kids anything, it's they're going to live up to it. Start calling your kids amazing or helpful. Even if, you know, sometimes actually not to get like totally nitpicky, but sometimes even those really exceptional labels can be bad. Because if you're calling your kid amazing for doing a mediocre job, that is so unrealistic and they're going to go out into the real world when they're 18, 19 years old and fall flat on their ass. Yeah, there's definitely a fine line there. <laughs> we don't want to give every kid a trophy for everything. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. But if you're going to call them something, you know, call them smart or pretty or funny or compassionate and focus on their behaviors like as a whole rather than just on their grades. You know, I didn't get good grades in school and so I always felt stupid, but I never felt anything else. If my parents had spent, you know, even just a few minutes saying, you know what, maybe you don't get the best grades, but you know what, you're always so helpful. You're always bringing home stray animals and stray kids. You're always trying to save the world. That means you're really compassionate and sweet. And boy, we honor that. Again, I love my parents, but, you know, they never did that. The only way I could be successful was through school. And so I was unsuccessful. I grew up feeling very unsuccessful and very stupid. And, um, you know, there's more than one way to measure success and to make a kid feel good. Grades is not the only way. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Uh, I, I would just say that practice makes perfect. And obviously your goal is perfect pra 
practice. So right. while we seem to have a, a, a handle on this, it is something even for us exceptional life coaches is something that we have to maintain and continue to sharpen our sword and work on on a daily basis. And I, I love doing podcasts because it reminds <laughs> me of all those cool things that I know and, and things that I apply in my life. And it just reminds me to continue working on those and improving those skills. Yeah, that's right. I, I like doing the podcast too. We should do them more often. Well, we're working on doing them more often. We're look at that's a label. We're podcasters now. Yeah. How exciting is that? The one the last point that I want to make is that you know what, like you said, Thad, nobody's perfect and it does take practice. So what happens if you do make a mistake? What happens if you do say, you know what? You're a whatever. I can't even imagine calling my kid a jerk because I would never do that, but people do that. So you're a jerk. What happens when you do something like that? What I suggest you do is you apologize. You know, not enough parents apologize. I can tell you my parents have never apologized for anything. And if they had apologized just when they made a mistake, I'm not saying apologize for my whole life. I had a great life. Um, but if they had ever said, you know what, I made a mistake and I'm sorry, first of all, I would have died because I wouldn't have believed it. But, <laughs> you know, that's that goes a long way. And I think it sets a really good example, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'll be the first to apologize. You're good at that. Obviously, it has to be sincere. And, and I like to follow up that apology with some conversation, some explanation yeah. of... of what I said wrong or, you know, how I came across incorrectly and then just improve upon that and go from there. Yeah, you're really good at apologizing better than I am. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you remember there was one night like we were joking around and you called Harry a name, but we were just like we were literally just joking. I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't anything really, really bad, but yeah. it came across a little mean and you did apologize. And I thought that was really sweet, especially since we were because we are a laughy, jokey yeah. house. You know, we pick on each other. That's we do that all the time. Yeah, that's a it, joking around is a double-edged sword, especially <laughs> there's a very fine line there and often sarcasm is is really not the best approach. So Yeah, well, it, sometimes it's, you know, we're joking around but then you don't realize like one of the kids is having a bad day and they're not right. in the mood for your for your teasing yeah. or whatever and so yeah, and then we have to apologize or whatever, but we do yeah, some, tend to... Sometimes you take it too far. <laughs> you just got to reel it back in. And... That's it. And we've, we've both had to do that. But it is yeah. fun. You know, one of the best things that you can do is laugh. Just laugh and have fun. You know, that's that, that makes a happy home, I think. And we certainly are pretty good at laughter. We do that often yeah. as... You always make fun of me for laughing mm -hmm. hysterically at weird, <laughs> very weird things, right? Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it. We've had a we've had a very good podcast this evening, podcasters. What label? Yeah. I'd like to give you a label. What you think of a label for me? And I would like to give you the excellent husband label <laughs> and patient father. You're patient. That's a good label for you. Patient. You're really good at patience. Oh, thank you. Far better than I am. Do you have a label for me? Your label uh, is generous. Without Aww. a doubt. The most generous person. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> you were generous. Thad gave a dollar to the lady in front of us yesterday at the checkout counter because she didn't have enough money. 
she was counting out her change or whatever, and she didn't want to have to whip out her debit card, so he gave her a dollar. That was nice. That was generous. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Please go and buy my book, Live Inspired Now. It's at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or you can get it at liveinspirednow.com. It is chuck-a-bluck full of amazing parenting advice, life advice. It will help you live an inspired and amazing life. And one of the favorite quotes that I want to end with today is one that I posted on Facebook today because everyone said, oh, you're lucky. Your life is so perfect. It's easy to be happy with a perfect life. <laughs> and I always say, I do not wake up each day happy. I am happy that I wake up each day because every day that I get a new try at life, it's something special. Right. You know? Yep, and that's a choice everyone gets to make every single day. Every day. Gratitude is the attitude of happiness, of abundance, of generosity, of compassion. Gratitude is all of those things. So I wish you all a very abundant and happy and wonderful, amazing rest of your day or week whenever you're listening to this. And go tell your kids that they are special to you and then explain why they're special, even if they are doing things or making choices that aren't super awesome, even if they're not getting great grades, let them know that there is something that they're doing that is good and try to focus on that. If you need help, please reach out. Inspired Heather Paris on Facebook, liveinspirednow.com. I am here to help. Have a great night. Bye. <laughs>